Well, good morning. How are we doing? So, is there a God? Really? I believe it. Well, this morning we're going to talk about that. And, you know, that's a humbling thing, uh, personally, for me to sit up here and talk about that. And I think it's important that we ask these questions. And I think it's, uh, and the reason, the main reason I think it's important that we do that is because God is, is going to meet us uh, when we ask these kinds of questions. And he's going he's gonna to do some things in our own lives, uh, whether you believe in God now or you don't. Uh, when you start doing this and you start pressing into God in this way, uh, he, he's going to respond. Let me, let me pray for this today. Father, we, we thank you that uh, you are positioned as an approachable God, that you are not far from us, but that you are a God that wants to know us, that wants to transform us, that uh, wants to make something incredible out of our lives, that you want to take us down roads that, that change us, God, that that change our world. And God, that, that you want to see restoration, that you want to see justice, that you, you want to see um, on a large scale, God, your world uh, follow you and walk with you. And so today, God, we're, we want to talk about you. We want to talk about uh, what you're about and, and how you are. And, and we just praise you today for your word uh, that guides us uh, in a direct way, uh, but also in a very compassionate way. And so we, we just love you and we praise you for this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So the Bible starts with this verse. It says, in the beginning, God. And... Uh, I don't think that was by accident, and it doesn't say that there was anything else but him. And then it says that, that he created the heavens and the earth, that he, he put it all together. And I really think it's cool that across the city, if you don't know, if you're new here today and you're unsure, but uh, there's a series that we're going through, but not just us, but about 350 other churches across uh, central Texas that are asking these same questions uh, today and are teaching on this. And I, I think that's really cool. Uh, that, that that is that's happening. And personally, uh, I did not grow up, you know, uh, going to church or and, and really even bigger that reading the Bible and really thinking about God and what his plans are and what what he he's wanting to do. And but when I was about 18 years old, I started to ask the questions of God, if if you're real, show yourself to me. If there if there's so, if you're out there. I want to know, and because I saw some people in my life that, that God started working in them, and I'm like, you know, I don't know what was going on, and, and so one of these people, they accidentally left their Bible at my house, and so I just started to read it, and every time I would read it, um, I would just say, God, if you're real, show yourself, and out of this, and uh, 
after months of doing that. And by, I did not tell anybody I was reading the Bible because I was actually giving people a hard time for reading the Bible and going to church and doing these things with, with God. And so I certainly didn't want anybody to know that. So that's called closet Bible reading, okay? And that's cool. And so I was a closet guy and reading the Bible. And then all of a sudden, God just began to, I was saying, show yourself. And then he started doing that. And, uh, and it just became a, a life-changing experience and, and things changed. But, you know, what's even cool, kind of cooler than that today is that we're going to read in, in Romans 1 quite a bit. And the guy that wrote Romans 1, he was asking some big questions too. His name was Paul. In fact, the guy that wrote this book, you need to know that he was actually murdering Christians because he did not believe what they believed. And he considered it heresy. So this guy, Paul, that we're going to talk about today, and we're going to read what he wrote about God in the Bible, he struggled with these questions. And that happened all throughout Scripture. All, a lot of the main characters struggled with these questions with God. So these questions that we ask are, are critical and, and are very, very important. So in Romans chapter 1, what it talks about, uh, starting in about verse 16, we're going to start in verse uh, 19 right now, if you've got your Bibles, Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 19. But we're going to talk about a couple things that we know there's a God a couple ways. One is, is that there's just a natural revelation of God in, in a very physical way. Uh, we can look out and it's plain. And then really, uh, really deep down in an intuitive way, we know uh, that there's a God. So let, let me read uh, Romans 1, 19. It says this, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. What Paul is saying is, if you just look around... If you just look at the earth, if you just look at creation and what has been made plainly, that we're without excuse to say that there's not a God. This is the most basic argument. This cosmological kind of natural revelation argument. Because what we see is this incredibly vast, incredibly complex uh, creation that God has has put together, and so, and then we kind of see it in in social ways from kind of urban, uh, central, very high population areas to uh, the mountains in Colorado to all the way out into outer space into this huge solar system that we live in, and then this really, really, really huge galaxy uh, that we live in, and so we see this whole thing, but. Where did this all come from? And so uh, an argument, a twist on this uh, in more recent uh, days, when you think in light of history, is that there was a thing called the Big Bang. And so some people believe that 14 billion years ago, there was this Big Bang. And out of this bang, there was plants created. There was life created. There was all the, the matter out in the, the universe that, that we know of today was, was, was all created. And so, but the question is, is that if that's what happened, then it's kind of like nothing came from, no, or something came from nothing. And so, 
who did this? Who, who made all of this happen? Or, or was, it, was it an accident? Was it, did it just happen by chance that there was an explosion, there was this big bang, and all of these things just landed in, in perfect place? That would be incredible if that happened. And, and if we believe that that just happened, it's like, then we would have to admit that we're here by accident. I mean, it's kind of like this guitar here. There, there are, there's right now really good, perfect tension on this guitar. But if I turned one of these knobs, just one, a little bit, our second set of worship not so good. Not so good. And it's just like, the, it's like, it has to be perfect. You got to think about gravity and all of these things and how we're our own humanity and reproduction and all of that is, is taking place. Somebody put this in motion. This didn't just happen. We're not here by accident. So let's talk about natural revelation. Right now, uh, we live in a, a, a galaxy that uh, is called the Milky Way galaxy. And what they say, in this, and there's, in this galaxy, they say there's billions of stars. Um, that's pretty huge. But then they even say that there's billions of more galaxies. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever you say. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't even, I can't get there. So I got a picture of the Milky Way galaxy. I want to just throw up on the screen here. That's it. And just, I just wanted you to see that that's where the sun is. Can y'all see that? Y'all got the sun right there. Okay. You can't even see the sun and, uh, but it's there. It's right. It's right there. Just, just believe me about that. And here's why you can't see it because the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Is, uh, it's big. It's 100,000 light years big. Okay, now a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. So if you want to know how big our galaxy is, just take 5.88 trillion miles and then multiply it times 100,000. That's how big this galaxy is that we live in. Just this one, our little neighborhood deal, right? And so that's huge because, like, I drove to Missouri. That was 800 miles. And I'm like, man, that was far. And, uh, but, I, but I think the point, so, and then I'm looking at this, this picture here, and I'm seeing, well, that's where the sun is. So our little Neptune, Saturn, Earth, sun, solar system, you can't even see it on there. And so I'm just here to say to you, you and me, we're really, really small, so I don't care if your football team won yesterday or whatever happened yesterday or if they lost. Uh, you're small and we're small. We're all really uh, a small people. We're just like a, a little dot. And that's why in, in uh, Psalms 19, it says this. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the, sc the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech and night after night, they display knowledge there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. And their voice goes out into all the earth, their words, to the ends of the world. I got a picture of a, just a picture of 
Colorado, Rocky Mountains. Um, should be, yeah, that right there. You know, even though we're really, really small, uh, if, if you have been there, when I go there, I'm just, it's an awe experience, isn't it? I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable. And, and had some amazing experiences with the Creator God there because it's a big, it's just huge. And these mountains, and they're vast, and they're un, unbelievable. When you think how small they are in light of all the, the universe, um, that's a, an amazing thing. So that's the natural world uh, in a matter sort of way, in an inorganic sort of way. That's, that's the world that God has created. And he, he says that in the beginning he was there and that, that he just spoke it into existence. But I want to talk about uh, creation and, and the organic side of things just for a minute. And uh, because, you know, I don't know what happened to you when you had a, your first child, at least at me as a man. Uh, it was not in my stomach for nine months. And so when that, it was so not quite as a reality as, as it was for my wife, because she's carrying this baby. But when it happened, I was just like, oh my. And, and carrying twins out, that was even a little more of an experience. But I got a little picture of it. Ba- so that is a miracle. And I want to just, just, just a little, little, this, whole thing of life and the complexity of just uh, a baby and the whole how that all works and and how God works through our senses and our hearing and our all the things that God does to put us together. But I just want to talk about one organism that is in your body that is the most uh, complex, and that is your eye. Okay, let's just talk about the eye for just a minute and how amazing it is. And right now, you don't look like you're amazed. But in just a minute, you're going to be amazed, okay? Because uh, you're like, dude, I see. I'm fine. I'm cool. But in your eye, there are 120 million cones and rods, okay? And they are distinguishing between like an infinite variations of light that come into your brain and that are computed like just like that. So all the colors and all the things and all, everything, your peripheral, the whole thing, just, just like that. I mean, that. That's incredible just to think about just your, just your eye. And so what's really even more incredible than that, I have a, so this is really fun for me because I have a degree in biology from Texas State and I never get to use that. And, and so right now I'm really excited to be able to talk about some of this with you because um, what's really amazing is that your eye does that, but kind of even before that is that your DNA comes together. Mom, dad, chromosomes line up, they form this DNA. And then from your DNA that is in every nucleus, in every cell of your body, it tells your body to create the eye and the heart and all your body. So you're just like this little tiny cell that begins to communicate from DNA and tell your body to do this. Now, the eye, how it happens is, is that from the brain, there are a million optic nerves that come out of the brain. They start heading toward the eye, okay? And they have these little coding deals on the end of them, these little uh, 
deals where uh, they're just coated where the, the, the end of that nerve is. And then from your eye, the back of your eye, a whole nother optic set of nerves come out of your eye and they have to hook up with the nerves that are coming from your brain. So before you even see, before you even open your eyes, before you're born or whatever, all of this is happening. And your DNA is telling your body to do that. But what's even more amazing is, is that these million nerves, they have to line up perfectly. There's a match from the brain side and the eye side. So nerve number 6,088 on the eye side has to match up with nerve number 6,088 on the brain side. To come together. That's just so you can see. And your body from one cell, little DNA begins to create that. Y'all look amazed now. I, I know you are. But, but you know why that happened? You know why it happened like that? Because God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nothing like you, us, in the planet. It says this. Psalm 139, 13 says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And my frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your, all, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. And God knit us together. And God put us together. What's cooler than that, talking about last week and having a purpose, is that God has ordained what's going to happen to each one of us. That God has put those things in, in, in ocean. So, so we're unique. We are custom-made by God for a custom-made purpose, a custom-made uh, plan. And so I think it's important as we talk about this issue is there a God that we talk about natural revelation uh, that we talk about that there uh, that this is this is important that that we we do this and that we we talk about that and we talk about organic life and all that kind of stuff but 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 at the end of the day is is that compelling I mean really like would we uh, like Ben's prayer because of a good argument or whatever we are we totally convinced that, that God is doing, has that met something in you, deep in you, that there, there is a God? And I think there's some more of this because what Paul is going to say here in Romans, we'll read a little bit more, is that we already really already knew there was a God. That there's something intuitive in us. That there is a conscience in us. That we know when something's right. That we know when something went wrong. And there's something in us that's, there's this intuitive deal that's going on inside of us where we say, we already know God. Now, here's what it says. Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, 
so that people are without excuse. For although they knew, they knew God, he said they already, they already knew. It was already in them. It was, it was intuitive. There was already a conscience there. They already knew God. They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but were thinking, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And so this whole thing starts, the wrath of God is being revealed. So God is bothered. What is God bothered by? What's bothering God? God's bothered because the truth is out there. It's intuitive in us. There's this natural revelation. It's been made plain to us. What bothers God is that there's this suppression of truth. You see, I can't suppress something that I don't have. And what God's saying is, you have it. I have it. It's in us. I can see it. I can look at it. It's there. And what bothers God is when we become foolish with it and we suppress and we press down truth. One of the, I've been, I watched every video uh, related to this topic for Explore God. If you haven't, go to the website. and I mean, they're phenomenal, uh, the video that they've done for this. Uh, one of the guys, uh, John Burke, what he said I thought was really interesting. He's actually a pastor here in Austin. And uh, he says, listen, I've, I've traveled to 25 countries around the world. I've, I've talked to all these different people in different religions and, and talked to atheists and, and all these people that have been atheists, their family for 100 years, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. He says, but when I get down to the very end of the deal with somebody, the response is, I always knew there was something. I always knew there was a God. I always knew there was, there was something there, but there's something in us that wants to suppress it. And that's true for a lot of people. C.S. Lewis was in that category. One of the greatest Christian writers ever. He was an he was agnostic, atheist guy who all of a sudden is like, I always knew there was something. And here's why he knew there was something. One of the reasons he became a Christian was he's, he always thought, you know what? We've got to be just and we've got to take care of the poor and we've got to take care of those that are left out and we've got to do the right thing and we've got to love people. And so I want to see justice exercise. I want to see that happen in our world. And he believed that. But if, if I believe that there, there's justice and there is injustice, where do I get that? Where do I get that if this thing just blew up and we all got here and it's just an accident? If, if I have that opinion, then it's just an opinion. But the truth is there's this conscious thing in us that we know just and unjust because God put that in us. And so there's this suppression of truth. But even of those of us that say... You know what? I believe that there's a God, but I don't live like it. There's a suppression of truth. So if I say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe God, but then my life, it doesn't match up with what he says. So it's really hard for me to point an atheist or an agnostic or, or whatever and really say anything. Because as, as followers, as people that believe in God, then we can't just say, oh, I believe in God and not align myself with what he says and what he wants. See, or I'm in the same boat as I'm suppressing truth. I suppress what I know. 
I suppress what's already been made plain to me, that there is a God and that I have been knitted together, that there is a plan, that the heavens are declaring his glory, and that's what, what he's about. And so this whole thing that, of the whole deal is this whole suppression of truth. The real issue is the reason I would want to suppress that truth is because if I said it was true, then I'm accountable to something that's bigger than me. I want to say that there's not a God or not believe it or take any responsibility that, that he might be real because then if he is, then I have to align my life. I have to begin to follow and say, yeah, he is God. And begin to do and, and do the things that he asks us to do. Now, so we have this scientific, big, natural revelation. We have a conscience I don't know about you, but personally, that's not enough. And here's why. That, that really doesn't, that doesn't really meet the deep need of restoration of complete brokenness in my life that I know all of that. And I believe it. And so, just the natural revelation alone, and the fact that I know that I have a conscience, even biblically, that's not enough. It's not. Because the deep needs in us are we have this deep need of forgiveness. And this deep need of being valued and of being Worth and of being made right and of being loved. That those arguments and those things aren't going to do. And that's why before Paul said any of this in Romans 1, back up to verse 16 in Romans 1. Because Paul knew, listen, there's this very... Uh, uh, incomplete thing undone just in this argument. Because listen, if I look at the natural world, it's amazing. But it's very unforgiving. I mean, you talk about hurricanes and tsunamis and just think about what happens just typically in, in wildlife in a daily basis. I actually was on just... Uh, on a tip, just a website this week and it had like just a little picture, had all these little pictures on the side and one of them uh, was this jaguar it was about to attack this, this alligator. And I'm just thinking, like, it was unbelievable looking. And so what happened, when they kind of gave the whole story and, and some video, is this, this, this jaguar just goes up to this alligator, tracks it down the whole nine yards, puts his paw, moves out of the way. Alligator's eyes right here. The jaguar just bites the back of its head, crushes its brain. It's over. Our natural world is brutal. It's brutal. The sun, oh, I mean, it, 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 it's hot there. I mean, it's brutal. Things are blowing up. It's like nuclear. It, it's brutal, see? And, and all of that, the whole, you know why it's all like that? Because it's all marked by, in, in our world, and in, in the natural creation, chaos kind of thing, it's all marked by sin and by the destruction of, of what's happened on this earth. And so what we need is 
we need gospel and we need, we need restoration and we need someone to come in and, and save it and make it right in the end. And, and so that's what Paul talks about. I think this is what we really need and what, what the God of the Bible is. And so Romans 1, verse 16, this is what Paul is he's shouting about. And he started here first for a reason. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. For the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just it is, it is written. The righteous will live by faith. For the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Why? Because Deep down, I need to be made right. That's the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. I need to be completed. I need to be, to be made right before God. And so I would say the biggest way to ignore God and to act like he doesn't exist is stay away from his son, Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. But if we talk about Jesus and what he did and what he said and the way he lived and his life and the fact that he went to the cross, that he was put in a grave for three days, that he was resurrected by the power of God. And that we go to him for our forgiveness and our life eternal. That that is the gospel. That's what it is. And so it's all made plain and simple, the deep needs in all of us. In a spiritual way, through Christ and what he did. Now, I hope there are people in this room that are seeking, that are asking, that are exploring these questions and these kinds of questions. Is there a God? And, and I would say, for the next 30 days, 100 days, whatever, whatever needs to happen... Just begin to ask the question, God, if you're real, show yourself. God, if, if you're real, begin to just show, show me something. And I would say that that's what would happen, that God is going to show himself to you during that time. And it would be worth it to begin to, to ask those, those questions. And I think that's a great place uh, to start.